So here we go, this is my day 24 on the Camino. It's day five for BK Lee, who's walking the Camino in Spain. I'm following his video. He's leaving a hostel right now, going out into the streets of Estela. Okay, let me get my speed up here. And I'm walking it on my treadmill, as you do, in Galway, Ireland. So there, put that in your uh, pipe and uh, smoke it, if that's your thing. Um, hmm. It's St. Patrick's Day today. Let me move my mic. I always start with the mic too high and then move it down. Wouldn't you think I'd learn by now? So, I want to carry my phone here for my step counter. Anywho, oh, I thought I'd stopped saying anywho. It's never a good sign when I open with anywho. Might as well just uh, skip this episode. It's a bad start. Not gonna go anywhere good. Hold on, my computer is trying to update, which is not good. Hold on a sec. Whoa, 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 yeah, the computer where I'm recording this was about to update, which would have involved a shutdown, which isn't exactly smart of a computer to shut down mid-recording. Anyhow, I saved the day, so I was about to say, skip this episode, and then suddenly something really dramatic happened. So you just don't know. That's actually why I say, don't mind me, when I say stop listening, that's kind of when you should keep listening, I think, because that's when the dramatic stuff goes down. So anyway, um, today is St. Patrick's Day. Some people call it Paddy's Day. Some people find that, uh, is it insulting? Is that the word I'm looking for? Just sort of, deri uh, not derivative. I don't know, it's just a bit too kind of casual, disrespectful, but we're all atheists now, allegedly. But, uh, yeah, I guess, I, th I was thinking about this the other day. I think about a lot of stuff every day, but, and I, in one of my dreams, I was discussing this with somebody for some reason, so it must be on my mind. In the dream, I was clearly making this point that, I think I was sounding quite intellectual in the dream, but I was saying, you know, um, that the, um, sorry, my sticks, my walking sticks are hanging on the treadmill handles. They're just getting in my way there. Not actually using them, but they're just my talismans. My Camino walking sticks, which I purchased in Pamplona after wrecking my knees in on day one. But they saved me from doing more damage. Actually, it was here in Estella. I went to the hospital. That's the great thing about being in the EU, with all apologies to my friends in the UK. You get this card, what's it called, an E111 or something? Anyway, you just walk into any clinic and get free healthcare. So, yeah. Another thing to put in your pipe and smoke with, with that other thing I mentioned earlier. Be careful though what you mix. Um, Passing a car wash on the right. I just thought I'd let you know that. We just passed a car wash. Now, BK crossed the zebra crossing twice. He's trying to find the yellow arrow, I guess, to tell him which way to go. So, um, where were we? Where were we? I was... Doo -doo -doo. Oh, so I was in the dream. I was discussing this anyway, that you know, having a, a, your national day named after a saint gets a bit tricky when you move into kind of secular times, I suppose. They had a, um, because we don't have a, a St. Patrick's Day parade this year or last year because of COVID lockdown, they have some sort of virtual parade. I think there's something on TV tonight, or maybe there was earlier. 
But in the radio advert, it's all kind of jokey about, oh, when St. Patrick banished the saints and blah, blah, blah. But now we redo it on our computers or whatever. I'm not doing it justice. But I kind of thought, everything's just ironic nowadays. I'm, I, I'm, that's hardly a new discovery, but like, where do you go when you ditch all that old stuff? I'm not even making an argument. I mean, I, I haven't ditched everything just yet. I'm waiting to meet the ha happy, clappy atheists. Then I'll, I'll join that gang. But until then, I'm <laughs> firmly somewhere <laughs> on the fence, which is quite uncomfortable. It's a picket fence. Um, uh, I'm less, I'm more, uh, you have to pick a side. You can't be an agnostic forever. So I'll keep my counsel on that one. Don't, I wanna, don't wanna lose any listeners by taking a side, but I, I've, taken, I've taken a side secretly to be revealed at the end of this Camino. So um, I guess I was thinking though, when you hitch your country's identity to a saint and then you kind of, everyone ditches the whole saint thing, it's like, you know, at least the Americans have like, what, Independence Day and stuff. We've just got this thing we joke about. Ah, oh, St. Patrick banished the snakes, isn't it hilarious? I don't think, I mean, that's just, that's mythology, right? But I don't think most right-minded people didn't believe the snakes thing. Whether that's, the fact that that's not true is to me irrelevant, but you always get mythology around these figures. I'm curious about the real St. Patrick and I remember learning about him in school, but like how much of that was mythology and how much was history, if any. You can say the same with the New Testament, right? It's a mixture of history and mythology. I know some fundamentalists will say it's all exactly true, but the Gospels kind of contradict each other a little bit. And uh, there's stories in the New Testament that kind of repeat themselves in the Old Testament. So it's, in my view, absolutely a mix of the two. And I guess you get on one extreme people say it's all history. On the other extreme people say it's all myth. I did actually get these books on it by a crowd called the Jesus Seminar who researched what's true and what's not. It was a little too dry and academic for me. I've got a few of them on my shelf. Maybe when I'm old and wise, smoking a pipe, I'll dig them out and write a paper on it. If the whole fame thing doesn't work out, my last resort is academia. But I worked in academia and don't think I'm cut out for it. Uh, I could say I'm not smart enough, but I don't think that's true. I might, could phrase it another way, but I could lose some more. One of my, could lose maybe of only one listener, you know, who, who's an academic, so gotta try to keep everyone on board. So anyway, St. Patrick. Celebrated, ironically or otherwise, I don't miss the parades and the ridiculous drinking. Oh, St. Patrick's Day in any town in Ireland, certainly in Galway, is pretty horrendous in my experience. It's like, oh, we drink too much. So for a national day, let's drink even more. Hey, that's a good idea. Hey, yeah, that makes sense. So... Which reminds me of some a holistic session I did with somebody once. She was, I was sort of guinea pig. She was explaining it to this other person and she said, oh, when you get stressed, your cells, which are normally circular, become oval. The um, person who was being instructed said, oh, that makes sense. Um, okay. Maybe it does. I was thinking at the time, that sounds like a load of, you know, poo. Am I allowed to say poo here? I am doing well on the not swearing. Turns out I'm a prude. Who knew? I'm a prude when I record my voice 
And when I, funnily enough, when I write, I was talking to my cousin Mossy about that just today, the famous cousin Mossy, who got a whole episode named after him. How, yeah, when you record your voice and you swear it's different to just saying it in conversation. And he said, even when you write it down, and I sort of agree, because I know when I'm... Well, I made a New Year's resolution one year not to swear. I've probably, I think I've talked about this already. And then I... I didn't really keep it, but ever since then, if I'm texting... I, I'm, not, I'm off all social media now anyway, but if I am sending texts, I put asterisks in the swear words. I mean, when I was a kid, when I was, say, a teenager, really kind of, you know, left-leaning, radical teenager, and they had, in the Irish Times, words were, you know, bleeped out with asterisks, I'd be, oh, that's so wrong, girl. Look at me now. What have I become? <sighs> if the young me could see the new prudish me who says things like, oh, there's some value in the old... Uh, traditions and doesn't swear, well, disapproves of swearing. What would the young me think he would think? Sell out, cop out. He would be disgusted by me, and rightly so. Rightly so. So, um, St. Patrick's Day, that's all I have to say about that. When you ditch the saint, you know, at least if we had a famous battle or something, to remember. Okay, you'd have the pacifists say, no, we shouldn't be talking about that, but if we won the battle, most people will go, yeah, well, hey, it's kind of cool. We had a battle and we won it. And uh, we're Irish, you know? So, yeah. I don't know where we're going with this. Okay. Um, moving onwards swiftly. BK's walking up a hill here. It's still early morning, not, hasn't got too hot yet. I'm bloody hot here, I'm my fan. Um, my friend Erin in America started listening today. She listened to the first episode and moved on to the second, and she said she likes that it's the real me, so, so there. So if you, don't, if you hate this podcast, you'd probably hate me. And if you love this podcast, dot, 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 you would probably love me. So, another thing to put in one's pipe to smoke and smoke. And let's drop that particular metaphor, or if that's what it is even, uh, analogy. It's not a simile, I know that much. Okay. Bit more water here. And I am nearly quarter way through, I guess. Am I? What am I on about? Yeah, I am. Buen Camino. Get a bell. There goes a cyclist. Grrr. Man, they used to drive me nuts. So yeah, I went to the hospital. Ambulatorio. Is it ambulatorio or something? Sounds like ambulance in Estella. Got my knees checked. Had to use Google Translate with the doctor on her computer. It worked quite well. Thanks be to God for modern, modern technology. In the old days, what would you do? The most you'd have is an abacus. Is it abacus or abacus? Abacus. Which abacus wouldn't be much use now. Even a calculator say, okay, they kind of appeared in the, here in the 70s or 80s. But the only words you can spell with calculator, the only word in English I can think of is boobs. If you type in a certain number and turn it upside down, or boobies, I don't think that qualifies as explicit. I hope not. So, uh, <laughs> which <laughs> would not have been really useful in that situation uh, with the doctor. I mean, no, it, it just would not have been of any use to me, going in with sore knees. So I guess, I guess I would point at my knees and go, oh, I probably started like that. And then she got the computer up. 
she fired up the old computer and away we went. And uh, I was actually, when I was thinking about Ireland and I was going to start by humming some diddly eye music, but I just wasn't in the mood. Also, I forgot. So both those things conspired against me. We're walking up a hill here. I can hear the early morning bird song in the suburbs of Estella. There's a lot of bloody hills on this Camino. I know day one is bad, but lots of other bad days. Even the so-called flat bit in the middle wasn't completely flat, I tell you. Is Texas completely flat? I mean, I hear it is, but is it actually completely flat? Is, uh, what, the Netherlands? I've been to Amsterdam, and uh, <laughs> I came away from Amsterdam thinking the world was flat. But that's, that's another story altogether. <laughs> so, I do remember, oh my God, running out of Amsterdam. I was visiting, I was in Amsterdam for, there was some TV conference years ago. I was a freelance editor. IBC, they call it, all this editing equipment. Wasn't really relevant to me, as it turns out. But anyway, I went, stayed with my friend Rochi, Japanese friend whom I met in Russia. So anyway, then I got a train to my brother Michael, who lives in Brussels, still lives there. This was a good few years ago, but the train station is, as in a lot of places, near the red light district. It's dodgy anyway. Yeah, it was red light, and also a few dodgy coffee shops. And coffee shops, they sell more than coffee there in Amsterdam. So I went into one of them and stupidly purchased one of their pre-rolled herbal cigarettes, allegedly. And, uh, oh my God, it was strong. There was like no tobacco in it. Just two other constituents and two other products. I was halfway through it, I was like, oh my God, my, you know, I, I'm not gonna survive. My heart was palpitating. I mean, it's not like that's the first time that happened to me. You think I would have learned, but it was something about I'm in Amsterdam, this is legal. I feel oh, duty bound to do this. So, and then I was halfway through it. I thought, I cannot finish this. And I thought, you know, well, just put it out and go for your train. But another voice in my head, see, this is the thing, I blame it on my mother, Irish mothers. Of course, she would have told me don't indulge in these such products as one might purchase in a coffee shop in Amsterdam. Pretty good advice for if I had children, I would tell them the same. Anyway, this stage in my life, I was a bit more than a child, at least legally. I was an adult of sorts, stumbling through the world, trying to make sense of it. And uh, all I knew was the world was round, even that I wasn't so sure about. So I, I had a lot to learn. So anyway, I'm uh, halfway through, and there's a voice saying stop, but then the other voice is saying waste not, want not. Guess where I got that one from? You know, don't waste things. Yep. My Irish mammy. So, I don't know. There's a lot of madness in the west of Ireland. And maybe it comes from their conflicting messages. I am joking, of course. My mother didn't make me mad. I did that all on my own. But yeah, definitely conflicting messages. I sh you know, I shouldn't be smoking this, it's freaking me out. But I can't leave it because that would be wasteful. I think I smoked about three quarters and I went, ran out of the place. On the street, it was kind of overcast. I think it was early, there weren't many people around, but it was definitely red light vibe. And 
I just seem to remember someone coming towards me, and in my memory, she was hunched over, like they talk about the monkey on your back. I could be exaggerating. I am definitely not a reliable witness. I'm what in screenwriting and novel writing they refer to as uh, Buen Camino, guy gone the wrong way there, as um, the unreliable narrator. So I'm definitely at this point the unreliable narrator. I don't like the fact that I just saw the sun to BK's sort of in front and now to the right. As regular listeners will know, on the Camino, when you're walking from Camino France, from, you know, Saint-Jean-Pierre-de-Port to Santiago, you're heading west. Oh, a local just passed by and pointed him and said, this is the way. And so he got confused because he saw another pilgrim going another way. Here's another one. Okay, now we've turned around. The sun is in front of us, but more to the left. Okay, panic over. And hopefully, eventually, he's going to have to turn right and then the sun will be behind to the left. And uh, I'm sure you find all this fascinating. That means we're going the right way, which you'd be glad to know. Let's get some water here. So I remember this person, female, I think, hunched over, walking by. I'm just coming out of this coffee shop thinking, oh my God, saying all my Hail Marys at once. I'll never smoke that stuff again. I'll become a monk. I'll devote my life to, you know, God, if, if you save me. <laughs> of course, as soon as the freak out's over, it's like, actually, you're okay, God. I, uh, that's okay, I sorted it out. Anyway, this person comes by. There is something you want. That's all I remember, I just kept running. I don't know off what she was offering, some sort of uh, concoctions, as you can imagine. Illegal ones. There was nothing I wanted other than to get on the train. I remember asking directions to the train to Brussels, just running onto the train. So, as I said, I entered Amsterdam believing this, the earth was round and ever since I'm not so sure. I do feel it might be flat. I feel it in my bones. You're getting a lot of this stuff at the moment with COVID. People saying I feel this and I feel that and I don't feel it kill me and blah blah blah. So, well, whatever works for you, I guess. <laughs> Um, 24 minutes in, okay. 24 on the treadmill, anyway. 23, 22, okay, on the, on the vigil. So, where was I? That was Amsterdam. Don't know how I got onto that. And, uh, how did I get onto that? Doesn't matter, it killed a bit of time. It would have passed anyway, as Beckett says. If I do another podcast, maybe I'll call it that. It would have passed anyway. I want to do... If I do a podcast based on books, which I don't really want to do, but I'd almost do it just for the, this title. I'd probably end up doing it just for the title, for the rest of my life. The Caster in the Rye. Caster, as in po- podcaster, get it? Rye, W-R-Y instead of R-Y-E. Caster in the Rye, which is really stupid of me because I'm not so hot on the old oars, you know. I'm not in W territory, but I don't. Hey, we've arrived at a place, and uh, a hostel. People are coming out. Everyone seems happy. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Life is good, isn't it? Life is good. I'm here in Ireland, it's St. Patrick's Day, it's the evening. Oh, guess what my plan for today was? Let's just look here. So this video is like four, uh, nearly five hours. I, my plan was, you gotta love me with my plans. You gotta admire my optimism. Like, 
anyone who knows me, you know, I'd say they roll their eyes when they hear my plans. I always, I suppose I over-promised to myself and I under-deliver. So the plan was, Paddy's day, day off work, get up early <laughs> and do the whole five days. I mean, the whole five hours, which would be five days of my podcast, if you know what I mean. And I mean, honestly, that's totally doable. I did three hours there one day before work because my cat woke me up at 4 a.m. But um, yeah, I wish I did that, but I didn't. So, so there. <laughs> um, so we've moved on past that hostel with all those happy looking people. You gotta admire BK, he just keeps moving, keeps on rolling. Caster in the Rye, if you ever see a podcast about books called Caster in the Rye, it's either me or somebody who stole the idea from me. Um, if it's me, listen, like, share, subscribe. If it's somebody else, uh, vilify them from on high, please. Thank you in advance. And, uh, so I was thinking about Diddly Eye music and it reminded me of the Concord films I worked on. So Concord, the company I worked for was owned by legendary B-movie producer Roger Corman, who made films going back to the 60s, I think. I mean, Mask of the Red Death was one of his, which is actually a hammer horror film, I believe. Vincent Price. He also made the Valentine's Day Massacre. And then he made a load of cheap, churn them out, horror flicks. Didn't direct them all. John Sayles got a break through him. Martin Scorsese got a break. Jonathan Demme. So he gave a lot of people breaks. Jack Nicholson was in one of his films, wasn't he? Did he make Hell's Angels on Wheels? I'm not sure. <laughs> I watched a lot of crappy films back in the day. Hell's Angels on Wheels. This, the woman is getting on the back of the bike with the bike of the King Biker. She goes, you're a rat, you're a rat. You're a great big dirty rat. And he goes, the king rat, baby. And vroom, zooms off into the distance. Now I do have a story going off on another tan. I need the tangents. I mean, without the tangents, I'd never get through this. So, and I will come back to Concord Studios, Concord Anish Studios. Anish is an Irish word for now, A-N-O-I-S. So Roger Corman had his Concord now, no, Concord Horizon Studios in Venice Beach, or thereabouts, yeah, Venice in, in um, not on the beach, but Venice, California, Los Angeles area. And uh, he called it Concord because he read somewhere that, oh, what's this? Bodega Irache. Bodegas Irache, whatever that means some gates. Oh my god! It's... Da, 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 da. Uh, what's my other jingle? It's the, the tap with wine. The tap of wine. Now, all my Irish listeners are sitting up. It's a trickle though. It's such a trickle. Oh, my phone just told me to put out the recycling and landfill bins. Now, there's water and wine. That's so biblical, isn't it? Uh, people talking English. Taking pictures. I mean, it really trickles slowly. Oh, hold on, BK. You're not going for wine. Oh, he's taking a picture. He's so not Irish. <laughs> I remember I met these men from Tunisia with my friend Matthew in a bar in Galway years ago. They were saying, oh, you like to drink? And we were, yeah, yeah. And say, oh, you real Tunisian. And they were saying, we like to drink too. We are saying, you real Irish. I think that's a thing with men in all countries, maybe. <laughs> you are real Tunisian, you like to drink. <laughs> yeah, I think we, uh, I think the Irish kind of managed fairly well in that department before we ever met any Tunisians. Although maybe there's a Tunisian to blame for it. Maybe we're all good little boys and girls and then a Tunisian arrived and 
Ruined. So, BK. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not a real Irishman. I'll tell you that for nothing. He's, he had a look. He said, not for me, and he walked on. No wine. No wine for me. Okay. Oh, well. I mean, it is a trickle, I hasten to add, before you start booking your plane tickets. But I think your best bet would be, I wonder does it trickle through the night? See, if it did, I think what you could do is have a get in there at night, rig it up to a bottle, and surely, you know, you'd fill that in, in overnight. You could, if you were an alcoholic with no money, that could actually work. Maybe they'd let you go in there like at night and fill up your bottle. Oh, you'd need to be, you'd need to be fierce patient. <laughs> I mean, it's, no, it's really slow. Just in case you're thinking of it. Um, where was I? Tunisians, Concord. But I was gonna go off on a whole other tangent and then I saw the wine. Venice, Venice Beach, Concord. Oh my God. See, I can't listen back. Okay, I'll have some water. I think I had a great story lined up. I think it was one of the great stories of this whole Camino. We'll never know. Damn. Hate when that happens. It's probably a crap story. Okay. So Concord, no, I don't want to tell that story now. So anyway, he called it Concord because Concord started with C. He heard that things starting with the hard C sound were popular. So Concord New Horizons. Then they set up, set up in Ireland and became Concord Enish, which is the Irish for now. Concord now. Turned out of you. I don't know how many films, like 12, mm -hmm. between eight and 12, I don't know. I worked on a few of them. Some of that was quite stressful. Some of it was fun. Don the Dragon Wilson, he was in the first film I worked on there. Kickboxing champion. Trained to kill. He, uh, he was in one I was in, he was in another my friend Dennis was in, I think, some years later. Well, I wasn't, I, I was gonna say I wasn't in it, I worked in it, but actually, yeah, I, I had a line, I had a role. Sir, he's here. Thank you, thank you. Uh, contact me through my agent, please. So, um, just remember the first film, had been set in, am I gonna go higher than four kilometers an hour here? Yeah, why not? I'll go to 4.5. Down I'm going to 4.8, let's go crazy here. Um, film was set initially in America by the looks of the script, and then they just changed it. So it's like Don the Dragon, he's playing this, he's an ex, I always mix up CIA and FBI. I guess CIA guy, agent, and he, uh, he, I can't think when I'm going this fast. 4.6, let's try that. Sorry BK, I'm slowing you down. You go ahead if you need to, okay. Just leave me with the cantina water and a gun. And as I've said before, that's a really stupid thing to do. They always do that in the movies. I'm like, I'd be like, give him a gun to kill the baddies, but don't waste the water on him. He's a goner anyway. That's my two cents worth. So, uh, Concord. That was pretty mad though, yeah. Make it so, the film starts in America. Don the Dragon is a professor. He's got glasses on, that's how you know he's smart. And he's like, Camino, and he's like, um, just quiet life, he's retired from the CIA, and his son, oh, he's a teacher, is it, and his son 
is in the same school as him as a student there, but they're trying to repair their relationship. So, you know, it's got some kind of personal stuff in it too. It's kind of deep, you know, works on lots of levels. Just coming to a group of people here, group of young people, and we're flying on by. We're not hanging about. Okay, so he's working with uh, end of the school. Anyway, some baddies come and shoot him up, nearly kill him and his son. You know the way. And uh, so he goes and meets somebody and says to her, "Hey, what's the problem?" And I need to find the major. You know, the major will help me out. He goes, where is the major? And she goes, he's in Ireland. And then it cuts to Ireland. Lots of diddly idly music. Shots of tractors and hay and barrels of Guinness. You know, the usual stuff you see here. And uh, then the rest of the plot takes place in Ireland. Many people were amused at the first screening to see a shot described as CIA headquarters, a building in Galway. I get that it's funny, but I'm like, do you not know how movies are made? Do you, do you actually think every building you see is what they say it is? Anyway, that's me being sanctimonious there for a second. And there is another shot. The guy goes into a shop, the bad guy, and he goes to buy milk. And I think, you know, the red laser light from the gun focuses on the carton of milk, but it's Madden's milk, which is a distinctly Irish brand of milk. That that raised a chuckle or two, as you can imagine. That was a bit of fun. I, I did some stunt driving on the first film for a second unit, filmed some driving shots. I had to put on a wig like Don the Dragon's hair and just sort of drive around in Connemara, beautiful landscape. And I remember coming to a turn or whatever, and there was a driver coming the other way, waiting for me to... Oh, no, I didn't want to indicate, because I thought, no, I was in action movie mode. But no, I, I didn't do anything too crazy. But uh, I kind of wish I did now. I'd like to say, say I tore the road up, but nah, I didn't. I'm far too lame for that. So uh, if you want a dangerous living bad boy, got the wrong guy. If you want an intellectual, uh, no, you could do better than me. If you want someone who can just talk, keep talking, then about nothing, then yeah, I'm the guy, I'm your man. So uh, where were we? Concord. So early on, these guys came over. One guy was a stunt guy, tough dude. I think he had done time. I'm not going to get into names here. He was saying to me, you know, the average American is one or two paychecks away from life on the street. It's becoming like that here too, maybe. It's worse there, probably. Um, he, uh, I don't know, apparently the stunt guy got in an argument with the farmer in, Connemara, in a Connemara pub. Connemara is an area of land. It's an area of Ireland that covers both Galway and Mayo. And anyway, that's where the studio would have been based in part of Connemara, on the Galway side. And he was in a local pub and apparently, so I'm told, I wasn't there now, one of the locals was complaining to him about Americans coming over here making movies or something. The story goes that the stunt guy punched them and knocked them out. I probably thought he was in a movie. I suspect it wasn't as dramatic as that, but we like a good story over here in Ireland, so, you know, I'm sticking with that version. I'm sort of being all legalistic here now, you know, on the podcast, but if I was just out in the pub telling the story, I'd, I'd, there'd be no legalese at all. And I'd have mentioned the guy's name because he's got a great name. I'd love to say it here, but I won't. My uh, producer and my legal team would be straight on top of that, like a, like a, hmm, something on something. Oh, long shadow. Sun behind him, long shadow. That's what we want to see. Lovely 
field to the right with golden colors. Nice open road opening up in front of him. Is it an old Roman road? I don't know. Um, there was one long Roman road. Oh God, yeah. 17 kilometers of straight and flat. And I was suffering. That's a good bit away from here. So at this stage, I was walking with this Mexican woman I met. And, uh, oh God, what is her name? You see, I don't remember. I should, if I'd researched, I'd be prepared, but you know, it's not how I operate, as you may gather. I love the long shadow, BK with the sticks. It looks so cool. Yeah, I love it. And uh, some nice buildings to the left here. It's really quiet, all these places we go through. But no, Estella, where he left, that would be a bustling city, but we didn't, so early we didn't see much of that. It's quite nice. My favorite cities, city of all was Leon. Burgos too, to a degree, but I was staying in a hotel in Burgos. That was one of my rest days, in just in a kind of businessy area. Leon, I stayed in a converted monastery, oh man. I tell you, after, you know, when you're, when you're roughing it in hostels, and especially if you've been sick or whatever, and you sore knees and you're tired, when you get a rest day and you stay in a bit of luxury, oh my God, so good. I'm kind of yearning for that now. I mean, today I planned on doing, you know, five hours. I'll only do one hour. I left it late. Did some writing today, that was good. Did ran some errands for my folks, that's good. I like to do that anyway, but especially during COVID. And uh, yeah, it used to be them and the cat, their cat, but the cat passed away a few weeks ago. That's, that's life, but she was elderly. She wasn't, she was on her last legs anyway. So it's for the best. And uh, so the Mexican woman I met, I might as well tell you her story while I'm on it. And apologies for not remembering her name. I could try and look it up now on my phone, but then I just get distracted. So she did the Camino. Let me, okay, I'll take some water. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this, after these messages from our sponsors. Liberty, 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 liberty. We are farmers. Bum, ba -dum, bum, 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 bum. And if you're not American, you probably won't get those references. But that's okay. Okay, so the Mexican woman I met, she did the Camino with her husband. I won't, actually, I won't tell you about their personal details in a way you can identify them, because I'm not doing that here, but she did it with her husband. But they, let's say, they were married and they had, they worked together, they had a business together, like a creative business. And they did the Camino together. She had got bad knee problems early on, like me. And in fact, I met her before Estella. She's the one who told me to go to the hospital. And she said, if, if there was, you know, something seriously wrong, I'd have to quit. And we actually met a guy that day who, had, who said he was quitting because of his knees. I guess day one can really, especially without sticks, can do damage. But, so anyway, I did go to the doctor, got checked out. And it was like, there was no cartilage damage. I, I, I don't know how she knew. I don't think she did x-rays. Maybe she did actually, but she, she knew it was just kind of, you know, muscles, whatever. Anyway, I've dodgy knees at the best of time, but I did build up strength there. And once I got over it, I didn't have knee problems for the rest of it, but probably for the first at least week or more I did have. So more tangents, great. We like our tangents here. So here we are, we're still in suburbia. So she did it with her husband. She got serious knee problem. I'm not sure where, maybe further on than this, maybe not. And she went to the doctor and she had done serious damage. 
she had to quit and go home to Mexico. Her husband decided to stay on and continue the Camino. When he went back to Mexico, I hope I'm getting these details right, the gist of it is right, they divorced. I don't know, was that immediately afterwards, but I think that was a big thing. I guess him finishing the Camino without her. I mean, she probably said, you go ahead or whatever. Anyway, they divorced. Uh, years later, they got back together again. And um, they got back together again years later and got mar remarried. Or maybe it turned out, I think it turned out that there was some technica technical glitch with the divorce. So technically, even though they thought they were divorced, they weren't. So they got back together. So now they're still, turns out they were married all along, but they're together cohabiting again. And they decide to do the Camino again. But this time she did the Camino France, the one I did. And he did the Camino Norte from, which is the, further north. And it's much more challenging, much more his cup of tea. And the plan then was to meet in Santiago. Now, isn't that romantic? But not only that, because I've kind of been out of touch with everybody, but I was in touch with her by email or something. I know that at some point, maybe shortly after I met her, she was struggling. And he came, left his Camino Norte, came down and met her for a night or two in a hotel and then went back and they both finished. I, it's a lovely story. So I must follow up with her and others, see how they're getting on. So sign here for camping. I remember the first week or more, every time I saw a sign for Santiago de Campostela, it said the same distance each time. I think maybe once it even got longer. So I guess the signs were just inaccurate, but not good for the old psyche. Now, I'm going back to 4.5. It's St. Patrick's Day after all, our national holiday. I'll have a glass of wine after this. And uh, yeah, I might do some more writing, but I did. It's flowing a bit better now. I did some today. Book started in London. There's a chunk in Galway that was always meant to be the third quarter of the book. That's flowing more than I thought and giving me more ideas. There's a chance that might actually start earlier, that that could be in the second quarter. Uh, I'm not sure. And you know what? I don't need to figure it out right now. I calculated by the time I finished this Camino, I will have spoken about, I think, 1.2 million words. So let's say at least a million words. I'm getting transcripts automatically made up, which, you know, it's done by AI or whatever. I've checked them out. They're not perfect, but they're better than I thought. I remember years ago that technology was a lot worse than it is now. Um, so I actually think when I finish my novel and I finish this, the next project would be to go through this and uh, make a book out of it. I'd say one pass, I'd easily knock it down to probably 100,000 words. And then the next pass, who knows, 50,000 even. I mean, it could even be 20,000, uh, you know, a short book with big text and lots of pictures. Maybe a pop-up book. <laughs> Let's see. Pop-up book. If I'm down to 100 words, that's when you have to start thinking creatively. But uh, I'll be starting with 1.2 million. It's kind of like, you know, the monkeys in the... They put a lot of monkeys in a room with typewriters. They reckon if, if there's enough of them, eventually one of them will write complete works of Shakespeare or something. I'm working on a similar principle similar level of intelligence. Only one monkey, but you know. No, I'm, I'm a reason, as by monkey standards, I, I'm so hard on myself. 
I'm probably the intelligence of like 10 monkeys, maybe. So, I should get something out of it. So, let's see. Now, I only have 10 minutes to go. You know when I'm checking the time, there goes a cyclist, when Camino get a bell, ding ding. When I'm checking the time, it means I'm really running out of things to say. Here's my other little trick. Oh, I think I'll have a drink of water. See, I'm such a pro, I know all the tricks. Glug, glug, glug. Because the other trick would be, oh, I think I'll put on a DVD now. That's the guest lecturer who hasn't done any work. They just come in and put on a DVD and collect their check. Yep, I know all the tricks. So, anyway. What was it my cousin said about It's a saying about students. It's not specifically him, but I say my students' work is both original and brilliant. But the work that is brilliant is not necessarily original. And the work that is original is not necessarily brilliant. Um, that's just something funny I came up with to say, to kill another few seconds of time. Now I will start speaking slower. I mean, I'm really missing a trick there. I speak too fast. Anyway, I'll come up with something else to say. Like before I was talking about Concord, I had something hilarious lined up or deep that's me i'm either hilarious or deep don't do in between take it or leave it so uh in the book the book the tone of it the vote the first person that's very voicey which they say is in now i'm not doing that to be in but i was reading that somewhere in publishing now that's in but it could be out tomorrow it's quite voicey, it's a strong, opinionated voice, which isn't... I'd love to write something like The Outsider by Camus, which is first person and almost entirely devoid of opinions. Like the character, oh, here comes a bridge. I always announce that. We're coming under a bridge, under an archway coming up. Repeat, we're coming up to an, a bridge, a tunnel, we call it. Okay, and we're entering the tunnel. Repeat, we're entering the tunnel. It's got graffiti on each side, a figure walking ahead, somewhat silhouetted by the washed out white light. Not the nicest of tunnels, but a tunnel nonetheless. We're now coming out of the tunnel. We're in the shade now. There's the sun gone. Oh, I guess that bridge, that road is, is creating a shadow because the sun is behind us. I'm so clever. Oh, you're so clever, James. Well done. You're at least 10 monkeys. I, I, I think you're 12 monkeys clever. You, I wonder, has anyone ever measured human intelligence in monkey numbers before? I don't know. Um, I know Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld, talks about horsepower. And you know, they've got rockets that are one trillion horsepower or something. He said, don't you think it's time to stop comparing it to the horse? <laughs> uh, he's got a point. Okay, we're passing by some Buenos Buen Camino. You can do it, you can do it. So yeah, it's nicer. In the book though, so it's, yeah, it's kind of comedic, but every so often then I hit a kind of little moment where he just thinks about something sad and the stuff by the lake in Galway that reminded me about certain people who drowned there, one of whom I would have known. That sort of came into the book, but just in a distant way, you know? Quite distant. And not, not deliberately mining stuff, but I think just when things like that happen in your 20s and then you're in your 40s, um, it feels very different. It's, uh, nostalgia is something I didn't feel until my 40s, and now I'm 49, nearly 50. The biggest nostalgia is for Russia. 
the year I spent there. They say youth is wasted on the young, but like, in fairness, he sent me over there with the Zimmer frame. I don't think I've had, had, had as much crack. You know, it's like, <laughs> I can't even finish the sentence. I don't even know what I'm saying here. So we had a little dissolve there and we've mi mixed, we've cut to another point in the video. And I am really just counting the seconds till I can stop talking. I got four and a half minutes. Oh my God. Hang in there with me. So yeah, melancholia, nostalgia. In Russian, they call it nostalgia. Filmed by Tarkovsky, nostalgia. Saw a lot of his stuff in Russia, like without English subtitles. So I was mucho confused, as you can imagine. Got a pain at the top of my head now. What the hell is that? It's not the headphones, is it? Anyway, I, I think I'll stay alive for another few minutes at least. God willing. You really never know. Not the time nor the hour. It's so true though. And certainly that's that's not me attempting to be deep. BK's in the shade now. I bet you he's enjoying that. I th even I'm enjoying it <laughs> here in Ireland. Luckily, at the radiator beside my treadmill, I was smart enough after the first few days to turn that off. It's off all the time. You don't want that on when you're doing the Camino, although it would replicate a hot Spanish day, but I'm hot and sweaty enough as it is. Steady on, steady. So, uh, yeah. Nice little wooded area now. Oh yeah, this nice and peaceful. Definitely going to do the Camino again. Camino from Porto, that's what I want to do, two weeks. That, I was going to do that last year, but life had other plans. Maybe um, this year or next year, we'll see. My main goal this year is to finish my book. That's it. Um, but uh, I really think I don't want to miss too many days on the Camino. And I think I need to do the odd weekend where I do maybe five hours in one day to get ahead. I don't want it to drag on because when lockdown is over and I go on holidays, vacation, you know, then I, I won't be able to do it. Well, I would if I found a gym, but yeah. No, because like the recording equipment, I could do one where I just walk. No, no, I want to follow this video, of course. I admit I don't talk much about the video, but I use it as a cue. And there's something about me walking and following someone else walking, even though many of you might be listening to this as a podcast rather than watching on YouTube, but I think there's something special about that. I hope there is. So I hear some laughter. A lot of what I hear, you don't hear. I've kept the sound very low from his video. Sometimes I bring it through in the edit. I just don't have time to do really, you know, go through every frame of this. I really don't. You've got day job, Camino, book, and a bit of life as well. And that's it. So if this became a huge project, it would become an excuse not to finish my book. And Camino, they're going the wrong way. So anyway, where are we? We are 59.14, okay. Let's see, can we overtake this guy? Okay, I might as well go up to 4.8. See, can we overtake him and quit? Be nice to finish today in pole position. Um, you never know. Here, uh, yeah, a dog comes up to the man. Oh, with a stick. <laughs> and BK is laughing. Uh, the dog is with this woman. Okay. Well, the dog gave us all a little smile. Um, 59.44.45. I don't think we're going to make it. Are we going to make it? This is like, what's his name? Hamilton. What's his face? That's his surname, isn't it? Lewis Hamilton. Come on. We can do it. I think we're gonna, okay, I'm gonna go up to five. I've never gone this fast before. Come on, come on. 
Beep, beep. Oh, he's not letting us pass. But BK is brave like Ayrton Senna. Overtakes pole position. Yes. We have finished in pole position. Congratulations, everybody. Okay. Couldn't have done it without you. Going back down to four kilometers an hour. Just gone over one hour walking. Uh, thank you. God bless. Buen Camino. See you on the other side.